Welcome everyone to our weekly discussion podcast. I'm Pastor Kyle. And I am Pastor Holly. And joining us once again this week, the one, the only, <laughs> Pastor Ryan Wilson from the Dearborn Free Methodist Church. Hi, Ryan. Hey, what's up, guys? So good to be here with you again. Um, I think we're on our third week. Yeah. This uh, is doing this podcast together. That's right. This is our third week in a row. This is wonderful, Brian. Just thanks for for taking the time to do this. It's been really fun to uh, to have you on each week and uh, and have your your wisdom and your insight. And it's just a lot of fun. So thanks, man. Yeah, I'm sure the check is in the mail. Right? Yeah, it is absolutely. <laughs> You're gonna we we uh, promised you a small zero, but we're gonna double that size That's of that right. zero. It's gonna be absolutely. amazing. I love it. I'm I'm love it. I it's love a it. bonus. I love it. <laughs> Well, for the third week of our Shaped by Jesus uh, sermon series, message series, uh, Pastor Ryan and I, we were, this is, it's been really fun to work on these together. And so we uh, started, you know, kind of some serious work on this yesterday. And then this morning, Ryan and I were talking and I love when this happens, Ryan, where the Lord just kind of like clicks an idea and then it's like we're off in a totally new direction that just seems way better than what we were doing before. Yes. <laughs> so this week we're talking about the relationships of Jesus and and, and primarily uh, the idea of love. So how is our life shaped like Jesus in, in the way that Jesus loves? And we were joking earlier that we are pastors so we could talk about love forever. Yeah. <laughs> And then everyone well, would turn our podcast off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, everyone wants to be loved, right? And I think everyone wants to belong to a loving family. In fact, <laughs> I recently read this love letter. Um, and I don't know uh, who, where, where this is from, but it says, Dearest Jimmy, no words could ever express the great unhappiness I've felt since breaking our engagement. Please say you'll take me back. No, no one could ever take your place in my heart. So please forgive me. I love you. I love you. I love you. Yours forever, Marie. Aww. And P.S. Congratulations on winning the state lottery. <laughs> <laughs> so good. It's classics, um, practically Shakespeare. That's right, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, love. Uh, you know, I was reading that letter. I thought, you know, here, here's the here's the problem uh, with with that is uh, it's not real love, right? Because that's right. Real love, real love is displayed to us in Christ, and it's not motivated by uh, the state lottery. Right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's so true. Uh, you know that, and and so Ryan, we we kind of I think one of the things that we were uh, we were uh, trying to work out uh, yesterday and today was how can we effectively talk about and teach about what real love is, and and how can we help people begin to ask the questions about the lo- how how they're living love out in their lives. How does that uh, work out, and how does that compare to Jesus? And so. I think what what uh, you know we were talking about this morning is uh, there's this really kind of famous passage in Matthew 22 um, that that you just had insight about and some really great ways to think about love 
in, in that way. So let me just read this briefly. And then w- would you just kind of share at least the, fir- the first insight, take us through kind of what you, what the Lord kind of led you to. So this passage is from Matthew 22, starting in verse 34 and going through verse 40. I won't read the whole thing, but this is, uh, this is about that, that, uh, that Pharisee or essentially the teacher of the law, the lawyer who wanted to try, tried to trap Jesus with this question. He said, teacher, which, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And then Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Right. So something that I've been leaning into a lot in my own life and talking about with our staff at our church and also what I'm going to be introducing to our uh, whole church is these three different facets of love that Jesus talks about uh, in the Gospels. And one of the facets of love uh, comes from the scripture that you just read, Pastor Kyle, uh, where the lawyer or this religious leader asked this uh, good question. What's the greatest commandment? Man, perhaps we should all ask that question. <laughs> yeah. But he asked that question, and Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, right? And so the first facet of love um, that Jesus introduces here is our worship uh, towards him, our, our worship is everything that we do, right? We've been talking about being shaped by Jesus on this podcast and this sermon series. So everything uh, that we do is our, our worship, our prayer, our fasting, our even, our even gathering together is our worship directed up towards God. Yeah. So that's the first facet of love is our, our worship up towards God. Yeah, and we would, I mentioned this to you earlier this morning. I know we've talked about this here at Crossview before, but in the New Testament, especially, and it's that comes to mind when you say this, Pastor Ryan, is Romans 12, 1 and 2, and the idea of worship uh, in, in that passage and the way it connects with the idea of worship in the Old Testament. So the idea in Romans 12, 1 and 2, the the Scripture brings together the ideas of worship in the New Testament, Old Testament, and where it's directed, how our lives are ordered because of it. So the the Old Testament word that it uses is this word logike, which uh, is translated as living sacrifices in the New Testament. And it's, in, it's a Levitical word. And so it references what the Levites did in the temple, meaning that everything they said, everything they did, everything they wore, all moments of their day, uh, everything was ordered to God, toward God, in worship. So I love I love that idea that this is part of what worship looks like for us. But it also connects it with the New Testament word Romans twelve one two connects it with the New Testament word for worship, which is proskuneo, which we've talked about before. It's this idea of surrender, in in obedience and awe of God, and it brings these two ideas together. The idea is that it shapes a holistic kind of part of our thinking and our action, and that this is actually, so this is the kind of the proper understanding of worship, and it's uh, it's given to the Lord. It's directed toward God, and it's just this amazing kind of aspect. So I love what you're, what you're talking about here, Ryan, 
in recognizing what Jesus is saying here and then it being reinforced later in places like Romans and connected to the Old Testament. I love the Bible. It's so great. <laughs> so that's the first uh, commandment. And uh, and that's the challenge. And that's how I'm challenging our church to to worship up. That's what what that's what I'm calling it. We we look up, we worship up to God. But then Jesus introduced a second commandment in that same passage of scripture. And he said, the second commandment is like the first. And he said, love your neighbor as yourself. And uh, we call this the, the out. So we have the up and then we have the out. Uh, and Jesus brings up or, or actually says, love your neighbor as yourself. Because remember, the man wanted to know, who is my neighbor? And, and, and that causes... And it's a trap question. Just it's a trap question. I mean, they're trying to get Jesus in trouble here. And and so I love yeah, I mean, you're pointing this out, but Jesus answers this in a really amazing way. Yeah. And so he says, Love your love your neighbor as yourself. And so who is my neighbor? And Jesus introduces that. And he says, uh, your neighbor is not just the person next door, it's the person actually outside of the faith family, right? And he tells that story about the good Samaritan, the Samaritan who who stops and helps this other person. And so uh, the out part of loving God is loving a person outside the faith family, outside of your own race. Uh, and uh, I think Eugene Peterson calls uh, people outside of the family of faith the cherished missing. I love that. Yeah. Um, and that's really our mission as a church. That's our shared mission together. I'm passionate about this. I love it. It's <laughs> to so love great. those outside of the faith family. And so we we look up, we worship up to God, we love Him with everything, our whole being, and then we love out. We love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Yeah. Isn't it remarkable that Jesus says here uh, the second is equally important? Like this commandment is equally as important as the first of loving God. Like that is mind blowing. That to to love our neighbors, to love those outside of our faith family, as you said, I love how you put that, Pastor Ryan. Is uh, equally important to loving God. I mean, that's huge. Yeah. And, and the other thing is, this is a radical statement from Jesus, and and without the context, the old te- or the New Testament context here, we don't necessarily get why this is so controversial. But essentially, Jesus is saying to this person, this is why they're part of how they were trying to trap him. Jesus is saying, you need to love, in the same way he connects this cherished idea of loving, uh, loving God, uh, with with all that you are. He takes it from the Old Testament, right? So this chit, like that guy would have been like, yes, totally. I fully agree with that. I'm all in on that. And yeah. then the second statement where he says, you need to love your, your neighbors in this is same way. It's equally as important to love the neighbors, your neighbors as yourself. And then the story he gives is essentially the example I'm going to give you is one of your enemies. Right. Your enemy in this story loved this person better than the people who are insiders. Yeah. God worked through that kind of person to give the kind of love for God that I'm telling you about. So this is radical because the guy would have been like, what? That's a terrible example. <laughs> like I, you know, and, and it's radical because what Jesus is saying is God's love is life-changing uh, and powerful, even to people who you think should be excluded 
right. from the family. Yeah, I think we 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 tend to soften this up sometimes, don't we? I think when you hear the story of the Good Samaritan and we think, well, okay, so we're to be kind, we're to reach out and help the people who uh, maybe dress a little differently or I, I don't know. I just think we, we tend to make it a, a smaller lesson than it really is. I mean, we have to think about the people who are – the Samaritan in this story is the cultural and religious and political enemy yeah. of – uh, of the Jewish people here. And so I don't even, I mean, I'd have to think pretty hard about what does that even represent in our worlds today, but there's, um, but it's just, again, it's just huge. It's not yeah. a, it's not loving your neighbor who um, maybe is blasting their music in their driveway, <laughs> right? It's not right. loving your neighbor who, uh, who doesn't mow their lawn often enough. This is, this is loving the person who is so opposite you or so, um, the person who you do not want to love. Yeah, that's why we mentioned last week uh, the idea of challenge. You know, we talked about obedience last week and how that can be difficult in our spiritual journey. This is also a, ch- a challenging aspect of following Jesus and the shape of our lives. Uh, it's really important that it matches this, and so it can be hard. Yeah. Uh, but you know, Jesus helps us in this and with this. But Jesus also continues, and Pastor Ryan has a really another really amazing kind of insight as we as we continue to think about this. Yeah. So we've talked about the up and that, and we just talked about the out. And here's the thing. Every good Jewish boy knew those two things. They knew love the Lord, your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And they knew love your neighbor as yourself. They knew that. uh, I don't know if they knew how to do it, uh, well, like we, like we don't, like Holly just pointed out, uh, but they knew that. So Jesus introduces a third facet of love and actually a new command to love. And on the night before Jesus died, Jesus was celebrating the Passover. Uh, and he had this very special meal with some of his closest followers, communion the Lord's Supper. And in John 13, 34 and 35, Jesus gives this new commandment. And how do we know that it's new? Well, Jesus said that it was new. (laughs) And and, and he said, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. My friend, uh, Mark Van Valen, uh, and fellow pastor here in the state of Michigan, uh, says that when Jesus said this, he drew the circle closer and he raised the bar higher. Mm. You see, we've talked about you know loving God up, loving God out. And now this new commandment is loving within. And I don't know about you, Pastor Kyle and Pastor Holly, but sometimes it's easier, much easier to love those on the out rather than the in, like my (laughs) own family, right? I mean, is that true for you guys or I'm the only one? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's, we, we tend to have more grace, I think, for people who we can see as other uh, in some ways, right? There's a bit of a separation there. And I, maybe there's a problem there as well in that I think in, in 
loving those maybe that we consider outside, we might elevate ourselves a little bit in that, right? And might tend to think of like, I'm doing this charitable thing um, and maybe don't allow ourselves to get as close as we should. But absolutely, loving within the, the the family, those closest to us. I mean, who gets on our nerves the most, right? It's absolutely, our, it's our family. Yeah, I think you know, and we'll we'll talk. I think we're going to talk about this here. Just the the expression of love. I mean, obviously, I think the difference for me is I certainly love, uh, as I think and feel, I love my family more more than anybody uh, in lots of different ways. But it is so hard to. Con- to consistently show that in my actions. It's a, it becomes a lot easier just to kind of uh, be selfish in my actions uh, toward those that are closest to me, even though I might feel and know in my mind that I love them so deeply. So mm-hmm. there's this disconnect, I feel like, sometimes in those that are closest to us between our profession, what we say we believe, and our practice, how we actually live that out. Yeah. Yeah. So Jesus says, love each other just as I have loved you. And they had no idea uh, that the next day Jesus would be arrested and he would lay down his life. He would go to the cross and lay down his life uh, for them. That's why my good friend says he he drew the circle closer. And he says, you've got to love those within your own faith family and the world will know then you are my disciples and he raises the bar higher there and love others like i have loved you laying down his life for us wow talk about raising the bar higher there yeah um and then you know shortly um or soon later before he goes to the cross in john 17 uh there's this iconic prayer of jesus And in that prayer, he prays, one of the things he prays for is for the unity of his followers, the unity of the church. And that is his main concern there. His main concern in that prayer is for the in, right, for the church. And again, my good friend uh, says that a church is most visible tangible and powerful when all three circles are in play right when when we are worshiping up when we're worship uh, loving out and we're when we're loving within a church is most visible tangible and powerful that's when we will make the most difference yeah. in the world mm-hmm. absolutely that's so good so powerful and it makes me think of you know again just bringing this back to the idea of the way that our life is shaped and how we're living that out, it really makes a difference. And the call here is to follow the, to shape our lives like Jesus. And so this, we're, we're having these conversations in the context of Lent, a season that we set aside to, to really uh, take some time to think deeply, ask hard questions of ourselves. Does my life look like this, right? One of the scripture passages that we've talked about uh, as we're working through all this conversation about love is Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, which says, imitate God, therefore, in everything that you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. 
And, you know, I love that, that last bit there, a pleasing aroma to God. Last week, we talked about the idea that uh, if we're living in the, if, if our lives are shaped like Jesus, that uh, we made uh, mention of uh, the idea that we can be works of art that are on display, that help people see things differently, think differently, ask deeper questions. And so I love the idea that uh, when all three circles are in play, the church is most visible, tangible, and powerful. And so I guess I might ask as you as you think about uh, kind of your next steps here, d- does your life uh, look like that? And if not, it's time to come back to Jesus. <laughs> uh, yeah. Right. That's kind of the main question I'm asking myself today as we talk about this, that the three facets of love that Jesus introduced, um, as I look at my own life, right, as, as I examine my own heart, what does my up look like? What does my worshiping up look like? Am I fully surrendered to God? Am I loving him with everything that I have? And then what does my outlook like? Um, am I loving my neighbor as I love myself? When I, when I see a need, when I see, you know, someone without a coat, <laughs> do I lend them a coat? Do I give them a coat, mm-hmm. right? What does that outlook like uh, for us? What does that outlook like for our, our church? God has placed us in specific communities, in Snohomish and in Dearborn community. Uh, Dearborn, Michigan. And so what does that out look like? And then, um, and then in, how am I doing it? Loving the people that are closest to me who are part of the faith family in my church, but let's draw the circle closer. My own family. How am I doing it being a father? Yeah. Right. A brother, sister, right? Yeah. That's the challenge. That's a yeah. good challenge. You know, one of the things that we've talked about, Pastor Holly, a lot in our podcast is some of the ways that you can kind of work these things out practically. Uh, and we talked about this last week too, where Jesus was like, hey, uh, he didn't want us to just uh, think about what he taught and say, oh, those are really good ideas. Right. Right. We want, He wanted to move it from just, just those are good ideas to actually living it out. So we've talked about, take these questions that Pastor Ryan just, just asked. Mm-hmm write them out. How am I doing in these circles? Write some write some areas of strength, write some areas where you might be struggling or need to grow, but like put something on paper or have a conversation with someone specifically about this where you can get some clarity on what's happening in your life and in the way that you live. Yeah, absolutely. I think this last one of loving in uh, into the family of God has been um I think we've seen a lot of um <laughs> bumpiness in that in the last few years, right? Like we've seen a lot of tension within uh, Jesus's church, within the body of Christ. And so how, what can we do about that? How can we personally and individually take steps to, uh, to maybe um, free ourselves of that and to heal those hurts and to, uh, to, to create those bridges within the family, uh, of God. I think um I'm just thinking of, you know, in my own life th- some specific situations where how can I um help to strengthen these relationships? And that's 
That's that's where I am yeah, today, uh, thinking about those in particular. And and as you've said, uh, Pastor Ryan, this is how the church will be most visible, most tangible, most powerful. Yeah. Uh, is and 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 Jesus Himself said, "This is how the world will know that you are my followers, right. my disciples, if you love one another." So that's uh, so. Thank you for that point today. I think I'm going to take that one with me. Yeah, you know, I I just want to say as we end our time together, uh, I'm going to end this conversation there that we ended the sermon this last week, which is. Is just to remind us that uh, we are theologically optimistic people. So we actually think growth in this area is possible. <laughs> and especially because of what Jesus has done for us, uh, the, do the hard work, but don't be discouraged. Yeah. The Holy Spirit will fill us and help us. So let's do this. And, you know, with the Lord's help and each other, let's go. Let's do it. Remember uh, who makes us holy. God makes us holy. That's right. And so this is possible with the Holy Spirit Holy Spirit being our helper. Let's yes. do it. Yes. Yeah. Well, we hope you're encouraged. Uh, dive into your to your local church, spend some time in prayer and in worship in the scripture this week and let the Holy Spirit encourage your heart as well. Blessings on you all. Have a great week.